Yo, yo, what up, what up? Welcome to WTF, Should I Do It In My Life? This is your life coach, Jacob Sokol, and I am stoked to hear my cat scratching the sofa behind me right now. Okay, I'm not stoked about that, and he's done, but I'm stoked for today's interview. Uh, it's with my friend, Trinity de Guzman, and I was a little hesitant to do this interview initially. The interview goes into the practicality of spirituality, and that's not why I was hesitant, although we do go into that, and that's goodness, but the reason I was hesitant is because we also talk about something called ayahuasca, which is a plant-based medicine that shamans from South America use in order to help people heal unconscious wounds that they have and other such goodness. And it's a really powerful medicine. It, uh, you know, is uh, more powerful or can be more powerful than pretty much most of the drugs you've heard about, hallucinogenics. And I don't want to talk too much about it right now because I don't know too much about it. But I didn't want to encourage people to go do this. However, I did want to raise awareness to the fact that it exists for the 1% of people who listen to this and say, oh man, I feel really called to that, then I wanted that to be there. And I also wanted to give you a taste of Trinity because he's a fascinating guy. He approaches life in a fascinating way. And I just figured he's up to some goodness. You might enjoy checking this out. And if you don't, I totally understand that. We can catch you in the next episode. But if you are interested in this ayahuasca thing that is supposed to and uh, reportedly does create an experience for you to move beyond some of the cycles that you've been trapped in and to raise consciousness and insights that are supposed to be or are reported as being uh, as profound as when you have a near-death experience, um, then I encourage you to check out this interview. And my disclaimer is not to take this lightly. Do not go try this. Do not go think, oh, that's something that'll be cool unless you feel a really, really, really strong pull in this direction. So, uh, one last thing is I have not done ayahuasca and therefore I kind of talk about it and ask questions about it from a similar perspective that you might have and you can hear my hesitation towards uh, doing it but I also am fascinated by it and I've spoken to many people who have not done any drugs before in their life ever and have felt a strong calling towards ayahuasca and have reported it being the real deal and uh, worth it. And so with that being said, uh, let's jump into this interview. As always, you can tweet me at Jacob Sokol and let me know your biggest takeaways and come on over to sensify.com to opt in for the mailing list and uh, get more regular updates from me with crazy goodness and all that. Jizzazz, jizzazz, jizzazz. Okay, let's do this. What up, what up? Welcome to today's interview. I'm here with my homie Trinity de Guzman and a little bit of background on Trinity. Uh, me and Trinity first got connected about a year and a half ago through a mutual buddy when we started a mastermind group and we've been meeting monthly for the last year and a half and actually just got together in person in California uh, in a national park, which was amazing about two months ago. So finally got to kick it for a few days in person. Uh, I love Trinity. I'm such a huge fan of him. Uh, it's the reason that we're doing this talk and the reason I'm excited to introduce 
everyone who's listening to Trinity. And, you know, when I was thinking about how can I best describe Trinity to you, uh, I kind of played with a couple different ways, and I, I realized, okay, this this is what makes the most sense. So before me and Trinity started uh, today's conversation, I sent him an email that said, like, hey, bro, uh, what would be the best case scenario or outcome of our conversation today? And he replied, and uh, his his answer is pretty straightforward. He'd say, I'd say it would be to have a conversation that's fun, enjoyable, deeply reflective, serving for all of humanity, and especially your audience that brings us closer into the heart, and that would uh, be inspiring for you to send into their inbox, right? So, so that kind <laughs> of just summarizes who we're talking to here. That's the that's when the, the the cameras are off and we're not recording, and like who this person is. Um, Trinity is the closest thing to a shaman that I've ever experienced, and I'm excited for him to take us where we're going today. Trinity, thank you so much for being here, dude. Thank you so much, brother. What an epic introduction. I'm so stoked to get into this, and yeah, with what I know about your audience, with what I know about you, I just know that we can have such a powerful conversation for everybody listening. Thank you, everybody here right now. And you too, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, my dude. Well, let's let's jump in. So, when I'd love to give our our audience a, a bit of kind of info as to you know who you are and get to know you a bit better. And so, w- when you meet people and they kind of ask you like, "What do you do?" Uh, and if you if you like this person and actually want to share with them what you do, <laughs> how would you how would you define that? Thank you so much. Well. Yeah, the first thing that I go into is I pretty much, because with what I'm doing in the world, exactly like you said, if I like this person and really want to share, basically, I briefly say that I build retreat centers and healing centers in the world. And if they're more interested in that, then we continue the conversation. And if they, if I feel like they're really open to what I do, because it's very unconventional, um, then I go more deeply into it. What exactly what we do at our healing centers. Got it. So the, the, the person who's listening right now is, uh, really into it and really open to it. And so take us into some of the unconventionality of, you know, what is it that you do? How do you express the deepest parts of yourself when you're rocking it out there in the world? Ah, oh, thank you, brother. Well, it started with me basically not knowing what I was here to do in the world. As you know, I know a lot of people in your audience, this is like what brings us together. This is the problem that we face as millennials. And that started for me. And I thought I just wanted to make a lot of money. And so at the age of, you know, 17 to 19, I locked myself in a room and figured out how to make money. But that's essentially what led me to my awakening. And I found out through that experience that money wasn't all that I wanted. And after that, I left my hometown of Canada and Vancouver, Canada, and just left. And it was just like, what am I here to do on the wor- in the world? And just, you know, traveled the world for like four years. And eventually, you know, somehow as divinely guided it was, as it was meant to be, I found myself in Peru. And I experienced this medicine called ayahuasca. And ayahuasca... Like the easiest way that I can describe the effect that that this medicine had on me is that, you know, I'd spent my whole life up until that point, you know, many, many years, almost a decade, really studying 
beliefs, studying how essentially other people are able to create the lives that they want. And I found, you know, in studying different teachers, like it all comes down to beliefs. There's nothing that someone else can do that I can't do. The only thing that separates us is what we believe. And it's the, you know, the self, self-limiting beliefs that we have to reprogram in order to essentially create the most powerful life possible. And so I had studied conscious belief reprogramming for years up until I made my way to Peru. And then when I experienced this medicine, it was like, wow, I had never experienced anything that could help so many people so deeply and so quickly. And it's like every tool and every healing modality that I had learned up until that point became like negligible compared to this medicine. And yeah, you know, we're coaches, we help people and we can ask the right questions and, you know, use certain processes to help people transform their inner dialogue and their, you know, their inner world. But once I experienced this medicine, it blew all of that out of the water. And I just knew I had to share this with the world. Mm. Dope, dude. So we'll get into more about ayahuasca and more about uh, what that is and, and, kind of where it can take us in a little bit. And before we do, I want to jump into a little bit more of the of spirituality, just as a topic as a whole. Um, do you have a definition for spirituality? Huh. Thank you. Great question. I believe spirituality is our connection to the inner journey. It's about remembering who we really are beyond this body and beyond this mind, where we come from, what we really are, and remembering ourselves as the infinite potential that we are to be able to create anything that we desire, like it's blowing dust out of our hand. Mm -hmm. And that ease of creation is just a reflection of the deep remembering and the deep knowingness that we are all of this. All of this, everything you see, everything you smell, everything you taste, everything you feel, everything you hear, everything that you experience around you in our lives, things that we can call outside of us or external aspects of our reality, even you and me, remembering that we, this idea of separation, is all just an illusion. And the truth of spirituality that I could simply describe in words, of course, words only, <laughs> it's like trying to put the ocean in a water bottle if you try to describe the truth of who we really are in words. And just like you, know, you and I, this is all a reflection of source, the absolute creator, mm-hmm. existence that we are, the I am. And when we can get this, not from the mind, not as a mental concept, not as a simple understanding of like, yeah, okay, I'm a spirit in a human body, and that's a thought, great. No, but getting this so deeply that we live this, that we cannot help but live this every single day of our lives, 
And as a result, our lives are the most inspiring, exciting, energized, empowered, enthusiastic aspects of, you know, existence. Every day is just the most incredible day in paradise that it can be. That is what I think spirituality is, is coming back to that remembering and removing all the layers that aren't truth. Mm, So good, dude. Well... Yeah, I love this, and I love that you, you had a phrase, you know, remembering the, the the truth of who we are, and that's beyond words. And I think, you know, for so many, for me, for so much of my life, it was trying to use my mind to understand uh, my spirituality, and it, it kind of it didn't work that way. Uh, there are almost two different formats. You know, I'm, I'm an IT. I was an IT geek, right? So it was like, I don't know, like trying to like run like a Windows program on like a Macintosh operating system, right? Like there's just two <laughs> levels of consciousness that are, are different. But I will say that one of the most liberating and freeing realizations that I ever had was when I uh, fundamentally in my body and as, as an experience of life understood that I am not my thoughts, and so much of the suffering that I had experienced in my life up until that point was because I had, I had associated what I thought with who I am. And when I had a crazy thought, mm-hmm. I thought that that meant I was a crazy person. And so there was so much shame. There was so much kind of darkness that I wasn't willing to bring to the light because I thought if I brought this to the light, it's going to reveal that I'm not enough. And it's going to reveal that there's something fundamentally wrong with me. And it was through travel, actually, that I put myself in a new set of circumstances and I was able to see, oh, wait, these thoughts in my mind are actually just patterns. There's just patterns of thinking. And if I can change, if they're patterns, I can change them. If I could change these thoughts, I can change my life. Um, so I'd love to bring it back to, you know, how can we start to get this? Let's say like someone's like not, you know, they're listening to this right now and they're like, all right ayahuasca, you know, we'll get to that part of the conversation, but like, I'm not ready to go to Peru tomorrow yet. Um, but I do want to have more of a spiritual experience today. Uh, are there any practices that you know that can help us get in touch with this experience of spirituality, uh, you know, kind of now instead of in some far off enlightened destination that hopefully we get to one day? <laughs> Great question, brother. Thank you so much. When you ask that, sitting with that, just allowing the question and the answers to come, there's two things that came to me. The first one is our breath. Of course, you know, for anybody who's been on this path, you must have heard somewhere or another the importance of our breath. But essentially, here's a great way to look at it, is that the key to opening the door of truth, of consciousness, of our infinite potential. There's this door in front of you. And behind this door, there is, you know, chaos, misery, struggle. And then beyond this door, there's just glowing white golden light of infinite love and amazing possibilities where anything is possible and only beauty exists. The key for that door is the breath. And the more that we can stay rooted in every moment in feeling our breath, in breathing consciously from deep within, always keeping an aspect of our awareness on the inner body, 
on the breath and breathing long, slow, deep breaths throughout our lives, especially when it's stressful, will allow us to tap into those higher states of consciousness, especially if we sit down and focus on only that. And so a simple practice that I do is I breathe seven times up my chakras. You don't, you know, if people are aware of their chakras, great. If not, that doesn't even matter. But just the number seven is the number that I use. And so I do it seven times. Personally, I put my hand or I touch each one of my chakras. But if that's, you know, doesn't align with you, just put your hand behind your, on your sides, in your lap, on your heart, wherever's most comfortable for you. And just breathe deep, long, slow breaths. And I invite all of you to just breathe one breath with me right now through your nose. Exhaling through the nose. And I do that seven times, breathing through the nose, in and out through the nose. And then again, I do it another seven times, but I change like the energy, the flow. I breathe in through the nose, and then I exhale out the mouth. And let's do that together. Right now. And it's about finding the stillness in the mind between the breaths. Not forcing it. And if your mind is running, that's okay. Just watch your mind. But it's about that gap between the thoughts, that endless stream of mental chatter. And the more we do this, the more we can live from this place. And then the third thing that I do is I breathe again another seven breaths in through the mouth and then out through the mouth. And let's do that one more time. In through the mouth now. (sighs) And allowing a smile to come on your face. As you feel just the result of that simple moment of taking for yourself to go inside. Because that is essentially, you know, to add to the question of what is spirituality, I truly believe spirituality is the remembering that there's nothing to do, there's nothing to achieve. There's nowhere to get to, nothing to become other than remembering that we already have everything we need in this moment. No matter what the external circumstances of life might look like, no matter how chaotic things might be, always remembering that our peace, our stillness, is that key 
Our breath is that key to that joy, that infinite potential, that truth of who we really are. And to add to that, just doing everything we can to stay happy, to stay grateful, to look for the things that we love, that we enjoy in our lives. That's just a habit. That's just a, you know, a lot of human beings are used to complaining, used to finding things that they don't enjoy. A lot of people aren't even aware that they do that. But the more that we can train our minds to look for things that we enjoy about this moment, the more we can realize that in every moment there's always something to enjoy. No matter if there's like 20 things to complain about, but one thing to enjoy. The more we can train our minds, just like you said, their patterns, the more we can create a new program to look for things that make us happy, those are the keys to spirituality, to who we really are, mm. and ultimately being happy, which is what this is all about. Mm. <laughs> so good, dude. Well, I feel so much more calm after that. And what's funny is there's a man doing construction in my hallway with a chisel and hammer <laughs> right now. And so as you're speaking, uh-huh. like amongst the chaos, being able to find the stillness, uh, it's, it's so uh, relevant and practical to everyday life. And what I realized was, you know, through the breathing that you took us through, you actually changed our state. You changed my state. You changed your state. And recently uh, I've been doing improv comedy and it was on my bucket list for like 10 years. And I I finally worked up the courage to just like say, all right, I'm going to do this. And one of the valuable things that I learned from improv kind of through the experience was that instead of thinking of what I want to say, the, the, the way that it works best is to fully feel and really throw myself into the emotion that I want to experience. And as a result of that state, the words will follow in accordance. So if, if I just get really angry, like on, in, in our set or on, on the stage, then I don't need to think about what I would say to someone if I was angry because I'm, I'm, I get angry and it just comes out. And so often when we operate from a place of in life, from a place of fear, from a place of anger, from a place of, of, uh, of whatever it is, a kind of low mood, our thinking is a reflection of that. And one of the best ways to change your psychology is to change your physiology, to get you into a different state, into a different a mood, a higher vibration, a higher you know place of inspiration or or gratitude or excitement, etc. And so I love your practice of breathing to help us get out of one state of consciousness and into another. Um, mm. Trinity, was there were you kind of spiritual your whole life, or was there a moment where you kind of came out of the spiritual closet? <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yeah, there's to answer that question, if I have I been spiritual my whole life, I would say there was a part of me that always knew there was something greater. Ever since I was a little kid, I was always the dude. If, you know, people were doing one thing, I would always do the opposite. I wouldn't necessarily call that spiritual, but I would call that uh, you know, a trait of the people who are called to spirituality, which is the rebels which are the people who are here to break down the system and create the new earth. And there's a, a link, a common thread between all of us 
And that deep inner knowingness that, you know, the system doesn't work. There's something with our world that isn't working. And we have this calling to create a new way of doing things. That, I would say, is a trait of spirituality. Because at its core, what that's eventually leading us to is understanding that that new way of doing things is living from the heart. Which is... Ultimately, what spirituality is. So good, man. I've got this mantra that has come to me after doing hundreds and hundreds of coaching sessions that kind of encapsulates my philosophy for living a fulfilled life. And it's to follow your heart, but bring your head. And <laughs> oftentimes, you know, there there's like this kind of bumper sticker, uh, like follow your heart and everything's going to be easy and work out. And if you believe it, you can achieve <laughs> it. Right. And, and while I get yeah. that there's some truth in that, I think it's often oversimplified and misunderstood. <laughs> and and so the the breakdown is, you know, if we're living, if we're making our life decisions from a place of our head, we're never going to be able to live with the deeper sense of fulfillment that we crave. That doesn't mean that we should demonize our head or why strategy or thinking. It just means that we want to use this great tool called the mind in service to something larger, to something deeper, which is our heart. And and you do a beautiful, beautiful job of that, Trinity. One of the things I really admire about you is that you have a, a, a... you have two kind of skill sets that I see that seem to, uh, to, to not necessarily be found in most people or, or that we haven't developed them yet. But you have the ability to have really big visions on one hand, but then on the other hand to actually have them executed. And, you know, I've definitely in my younger years sat around smoking a lot of weed thinking about like, wouldn't it be great? Like we're going to do this thing and like nothing actually ever gets done. But but you have you have this beautiful way of of being in touch with what matters to you on a on a larger level and having a vision for that and then actually um, bringing it to fruition. So how do you balance those things? How do you balance having a big vision with actually bringing it into fruition and and, and making it happen? Oh, thank you so much, brother. I love how you started that question by going into, you know, a mantra that's so important to you, which is, you know, follow your heart and bring your mind. And with that, it's exactly it. It's like, so to answer that question, the visioning aspect of that comes from the importance that I place on my joy my inner journey on following my passion on knowing what my purpose is and honestly and you know this was what happened in my path but i spent years doing nothing but just working on myself internally healing going deep opening every door in the closet of my consciousness and cleaning up everything that didn't belong and ultimately gaining so much vision and like clarity on exactly what I am here to do in the world. And fortunately, prior to that journey, I spent my life doing the exact opposite. I spent years of my life 
developing my mind, not following my heart, not following my passion. And this is what a lot of people are doing. They're, you know, we're, we grow up in a world where we're taught, you know, the same old stick. It's go to school, get a good job, save up money, and maybe, you know, they don't say maybe, but essentially maybe retire. And we come from very mind-based operating systems. And so a lot of us already have that aspect, a very developed mind, like you coming from an IT background. That was the same thing that happened for you and then, until you eventually found you know, your purpose, your calling, what you're now doing, helping people do and discovering what they're here to do. And that's what you are passionately called to. And so we already have, a lot of us already have the grounded aspect of creation, of how to get stuff done, how to meet deadlines, how to follow schedules, how to take action in the physical world to create a result, you know, we went to school, we all know how to do that, we've, been, we've had jobs, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, the missing aspect to that is, it's like, if we only have that, then that's kind of just an endless, vicious cycle. And we just keep following the mind. And, you know, like a rat in a hamster wheel, just keep running around the circle, because no true fulfillment, like you mentioned, come, can come from just operating from the mind. And so if we take the time to follow our inner journey and really take the time to get clear on what we are here to do in the world, what ignites the fire of our soul, the passion of our purpose, and what brings us to waking up every single day excited for what's to come. If we take the time to first ask those questions, and then clean up all the things that are in the way of getting the answer to that question, that is how we can have the biggest vision and then ground it, because we already know how to ground it. But the only question is, how connected are we to our purpose, mm-hmm. our vision, our passion? And I just spent years doing each one, and that's how I have them. So slight segue from where I thought we were going to go, and I'll bring us back in the direction. But one of the things you said is that the work involves cleaning up what's in the way of integrating these ground level skills that we have and using them towards a, a, a larger vision. What are some of the things that either got in your own way in doing that or that you see commonly get in people's way? Oh, thank you for asking. That's a it's a great question. I hoped you'd ask that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because uh, that's a, a whole question with a, with a big answer. And essentially, I'll do my best to simplify it and make it as accessible for you know, anybody listening to this. But we all suffer from the same you know, challenges in our lives, in our reality. And it's the only thing stopping us from living our purpose and our passion is our beliefs, like we touched on earlier. So, you know, like for me, I knew that I was here to do something amazing and help people wake up to the truth of who they really are. And I didn't know how to go about doing that, or I was afraid of doing that. And essentially, to give an all-encompassing answer 
It's the belief systems that have to be cleaned up. It's the childhood traumas and experiences that created the belief systems that we are now operating in our daily lives that affect every interaction that we have and are at the root of any time we respond or react in you know, pain, complaint, sadness, misery, frustration, anger, blame. These belief systems, or essentially even more clearly stated, these experiences in our lives that we've forgotten about that created the belief systems are the things that we need to clean up. And we all have the same root fears. And it's not our faults. It's the world that we've grown up in. It's a fear of not having enough. It's a fear of not being good enough. It's a fear of love. It's a fear of, you know, essentially worthiness, a lack of worthiness, a lack of deserving. And when we can clean these root fears up for ourselves and the collective, then we are able to step into our purpose, our passion with ease, and we help everybody else around us do the same. Mm. So good. So we're going to... We're going to tie this in, cleaning up our beliefs in a, in a moment. But first, I want to tie in the big vision that is your big vision these days. And it's been really cool over the last year and a half to watch you, uh, you know, not have the clarity of vision and then develop more and get more and more clear on the clarity of vision and then actually go out and create it through your way of creating and, uh, and for you, you know, huge congratulations for building <laughs> the first legal ayahuasca center in the United States. Thank you so much, brother. I know it's so beyond exciting to watch this unfold and to see how many people have just been waiting for this, asking for this, needing this, and to just bring this medicine to an aspect of our humanity, of our world that needs it most. You know, there's a lot of unconsciousness in our competition and fear-based money-chasing societies, you know. And so I'm just so grateful yeah. to be able to bring this here. Thank you so much. So inspiring, dude. Like on so many different levels, just the the high level perspective at which you're looking at the world and what the challenges are and then really getting in touch with you have a limited amount of time on this earth and how can you use your life force and your creative energy in the greatest service of humanity i mean me even just saying this right now myself from like five years ago is like what the fuck did he just say right like, <laughs> like and that's why i love surrounding you know being in conversation with you soaking up your consciousness is that through the work that you've done it rubs off on me and I get to look at these larger, uh, these larger uses of my, my time and my energy, not in an egoic way of proving to myself that I'm enough, but in a way of like what would be most fulfilling. And the answer is to help as many people as possible in a way that is in alignment with who I am and, and what matters to me. And so to see you do it, I mean, you cre- here is something that was illegal in the United States and you figured out how to actually, you know, get a legal ayahuasca center up and, and going. And, you know, for those who are wondering, because, you know, if you're like me, you've never heard of ayahuasca for up until, you know, a year or two ago. 
Um, what is ayahuasca and, uh, and what is it used for? Thank you, brother. So ayahuasca is a plant medicine that first and foremost is a spirit, a teacher. The easiest way that I can look at it or that I like to describe it is it's like the spirit of Mother Earth brought to us in a way that we could, you know, take her into our bodies and sit with her and learn from her. So it's like, imagine sitting with, imagine if you had the opportunity to sit with Buddha or Jesus and just kick it with her or him <laughs> for a few hours and like, just be like, download me, you know, just give me everything amazing that you have for, you know, one night and just hang out with that energy. That is almost what it's like to sit with this medicine, the spirit of Mother Earth. And so physically speaking, ayahuasca is a plant medicine. It's a tea that is a combination of two different plants. That is chakruna and ayahuasca. And it comes from the Amazon of, the South, of South America. So Peru, you know, Peru, Ecuador, Venezuela, Colombia, and Brazil. And... Essentially, you know, a lot of people like to talk about it in a way where it's like, no, it has DMT and DMT, the spirit molecule. It's the molecule that, you know, we excrete before we die during deep sleep and when we are first born, actually. Those are when it peaks. And a lot of people say, and there's, you know, whole documentaries on DMT, the spirit molecule. And a lot of people have reported profound results of sitting with, with, with this medicine, with this molecule, DMT. And, uh, you know, during those times that it's secreted, during when, we come, when, when we're born, when we die, and when we're in deep sleep, essentially it's like the portal, the gateway, the door that opens for our soul to come into and out of our body. And, uh, you know, for anybody who's called to exploring that more, it's fascinating. But ayahuasca has DMT inside of it. And there's this DMT experience. But so much more than just experiencing this molecule of DMT is what I originally alluded to, which is the spirit. And that's why if you sit with just DMT, it's almost like you're taking, you know, you're separating the molecule from the spirit. And it's, that's why I personally find that, you know, compared to sitting with DMT versus sitting with ayahuasca, both very powerful medicines, if your intention is for your healing and your service of yourself for, the, for everybody else around you, ayahuasca is like the red pill in the matrix. Sitting with ayahuasca allows us to wake up to seeing aspects of our reality that we never saw before and seeing how we're, a lot of us are stuck in a system that we you know, can't immediately get out of. And it kind of places a seed inside of you that shows you that this is true and forces you in its own unique way to find a way out to no longer allow this fact that we are stuck in a system that is designed to keep a lot of us unhappy, it places a seed 
that shows us a way out and makes us have such a deep calling to find our true purpose, our true path. And honestly, there's so many things that ayahuasca has done for me personally, like helping clean up all those beliefs, those limiting beliefs that I was sharing with you about earlier, the core fears of our humanity, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of not having enough, the fear of being loved, not being loved, you know, the fear of not being worthy. It's helped me to clean all those up so that I can get clarity on my purpose, my path, and step forward in that with absolutely unshakable confidence, knowing that no matter what I do, I am untouchable in what I, you know, I'm here for, mm. spreading awakening in the world. Yeah, so good. Uh, and from... You know what I've I've never experienced ayahuasca, but from what I've heard from people who have, oftentimes there is uh, trauma that we might not be aware of inside. So you might be listening and say like, "Well, you know, I think I pretty much got my shit together." Or like, "Yeah, maybe there's this one thing," but I, I think the beauty of sitting down with Buddha or Jesus, as Trinity described, is they they can show you parts of yourself and, and awaken you to. Uh, blind spots within yourself that you're just not seeing, and I think that you know I've I've experimented with uh, with mushrooms and it's very different. And you know, for someone who like myself doesn't do uh, drugs or, or uh, medicine of this nature, uh, for me, even just this type of experience of of using mushrooms and and doing it with a level of consciousness brought me into into awareness of. So many things that I, you know, I'm a life coach. I got it figured out. My life is good, <laughs> blah, 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 right? And then it's like, no, <laughs> but you're resisting this, that, and the other thing. And it allowed me to, to be aware of that and, and clean some of that up. Um, so, so Trinity, you know, who's a good candidate for ayahuasca? I, I know that it's, it's a pretty intense experience and I'm imagining that it's not right for everyone, at least right now. What would uh, what would let someone know that you know this is kind of something? If if they're interested in this and, and they're wondering how to know if it's right for them, you know, what would you say? Thank you, brother. Great question. First and foremost, there's this inner knowing, this calling. I would describe it as this, you know, this sense. This drawing to ayahuasca, mother ayahuasca, this plant, spirit, medicine, teacher. There is like, yeah, this, just this yearning to learn more about her. And that is kind of like the tip of the iceberg to know if this medicine is for you. If you have that sense I truly believe that one way or another, she will find her way to you. You will find your way to her. Whether it's this year, next year, you know, next month or not, it will happen. There are so many hundreds of thousands of people every year finding their way to this medicine. Or this medicine finding her way to them. And... That, like, curiosity, that calling is the first piece. Now, when you are actually ready, 
And for who it is, well, for who it is, it's for anybody who is willing to really look deep inside. It's for anybody who has been asking the questions that they still don't have answers to. There's a sense of knowing that there's something more, something greater. They don't know what, but they're asking the questions. They're looking for answers. And that is the common thread that brings all the people who eventually sit with Mother Ayahuasca in ceremony. And I like to add, it's the people who are truly serious about their inner work. Not the people who are like, yeah, you know, creating the life of my dreams, that's important to me. But I think I'll rather watch TV. Or I think I'd rather, you know, go out for some drinks. Um, it's for the people who, who say, like, creating the life that they desire is the utmost importance, the number one priority, and they are willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen. For the people who are truly serious about creating the life of their dreams and ultimately to create the life of our dreams, that's, that takes a deep inner journey. And so it's for those who are really serious about their inner work. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the experience itself, and again, having not done it, but my perception of it and what I've heard is that it's a very intense experience and that oftentimes it can include purging or uh, I'm not sure if, if throwing up would be another way to define that experience. <laughs> and so for someone like me who's like, you know, I'm committed to living the deepest uh, life of alignment and truth within myself and I'm, I've, got, I've got a bit of an uh, allergic reaction to putting myself in a situation where I might be throwing up for hours as part of the experience. So what advice would you give to me or to someone who, who wants to have the benefits of ayahuasca um, but has a reluctancy towards that, that physical experience? Cool. Thank you. Great question. So a lot of us obviously have a very negative connotation to purging, to vomiting. Maybe we've gotten food poisoning or we drank too much alcohol or we're sick. You know, something obviously that just doesn't feel good at all. And then we vomit. And it's a very unpleasant experience. However, with ayahuasca, the vomit, the purge, as it's most commonly referred to, that's not just liquid coming out of your body. Those are energetic chains of bondage that we've carried around our whole lives, not knowing. And we're shedding like a massive backpack of rocks that we've been carrying around with us, not even knowing it. And so it's a very positive experience. Although during the experience, it's almost like, you know, if you were a towel full of water, it's almost like you're getting wrung out but in the greatest way possible to let go of all the energy that, you know, like you said, there's so many things that we don't even hold in our conscious awareness anymore in the forefronts of our minds that are so deeply buried in our subconscious pains, traumas, experiences that we don't think about anymore that this medicine can uncover and clean up Essentially, it could take years of meditation and coaching and 
you know, inner work and, you know, all sorts of different paths that I know that are out there. But what can take years you can experience in a single night if you're willing to put all that, like, you know, that intensity into that, into a one night. Mm. Yeah, guys, you know, when you're listening to this, I, I really encourage you to trust your gut on this one. There's some people who I know who have never done any uh, drugs or, or um, there's a spiritual way to refer to this. And I, I apologize if I'm, uh, I know that amongst the ayahuasca community, it's referred to as I think, a plant medicine. So people have never done anything uh, of this nature and they just feel a calling within them. They're just like, the moment I heard of that, I knew that was something I needed to do. People who have corporate jobs, people who have, you know, there's a lot of people who run highly successful businesses who feel very called to this and, you know, trust yourself, trust, trust that, trust your curiosity, trust your intuition, trust your timing. Um, Trinity, and, and, and if you are feeling called to it, you know, we'll get into, uh, you know, how we can support you with that in a moment. Um, but Trinity, I'm, I'm curious for you, do you remember what your first journey on ayahuasca was like? <laughs> yeah, totally. Tell us about it, dude. Thank you for asking. Honestly, it's just like you were saying earlier. It's like, yeah, you're a life coach. You got your shit together. You know, like you've done all this inner work and, and then you were sat with mushrooms. And it was like, oh, well, there's this, this thing, that thing, and this thing too that, you know, I wasn't looking at that I do not need to let go of that, you know, it will help me and serve me in this way. So I was the same way. And I was like, you know, also doing coaching, helping people to create their lives, you know, being really inspirational to people. And then when I sat with ayahuasca, like, honestly, for my first handful of experiences, all I did was vomit. <laughs> and, yeah. and I know that's not inspiring, or maybe it is, but the experience itself, each, inside of each of them, I, there was like so much energy released. And after every single one of them, despite, you know, how unpleasant that sounds that, you know, I would spend a night like with my head in a bucket, kind of just like, you know, it's my best friend. I'm just hugging her the whole time. <laughs> just like <laughs> vomiting and spinning into this thing. And just like, and at the end of it, like, I just feel like so much lighter, so much cleaner, so much just more pure, more in alignment, more clear so much happier. And it's like, without this medicine, there was a ceiling to my level of, of joy, of bliss, of enjoyment of life. And then after experiencing this, this medicine, it shattered through that ceiling. And my ability to feel higher vibrations, joy, love, bliss, all the best things of life, completely was uncapped. And I was able to feel things that I never felt before, feel joys, pleasures that I never even, you know, knew existed. And I just had so much more clarity as to what I'm here to do, so much more inspiration. And, you know, as hard as it was during the actual ceremony, after every ceremony, it was always the best night of my life. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember having a similar experience in my own version on on the on mushrooms, and then like during it, it was like this is torture, and afterwards, like 
yeah, there's so much wisdom here. Like I just got, you know, 10 years of therapy or whatever it was. And, it's <laughs> light. Um, and, and, you know, this is another question I had for you, Trinity, is that in these experiences, these, these states of heightened awareness or enlightenment, and I use that term loosely, but, but this state of heightened consciousness where we have these realizations um, there's a lot of people, myself included at different points in my life, who are kind of, like I said earlier, in the spiritual closet, like even to themselves, like they don't want to admit that like I am a, a spiritual being, like there's some shit that I believe deep in my gut that I don't feel comfortable expressing to people because they're going to think I'm crazy. And so what advice would you have for someone who's either experiencing that without ayahuasca, just in their life right now, where, where there's a part of themselves that they're, they're kind of afraid to own a deeper wisdom, or someone who's, who's going through or been through an ayahuasca experience and has these deep insights and revelations and then needs to make sense of how to integrate them back into a reality that they might not um, currently be welcomed into or at least feel that way? Thank you so much. So to answer the first question, what can I say to the people who are not willing to own, you know, certain beliefs or, you know, speak publicly about things that are important to them? The most important is to thine own self be true. You serve absolutely nobody to quiet your voice, to not speak up, afraid to step on other people's toes, to hinder your own personal and self-expression. You serve nobody by putting other people essentially first. And as difficult as it is for a lot of people to first wrap their minds around, selfishness to take care of yourself first is what I truly believe the greatest form of service. It's like in the airplane. You have to put on your oxygen mask first before you put on anybody else's around you. You cannot help people if you are not in a place of overflow. You cannot bring inspiration, love, joy, and excitement if you are not first living from that place. You cannot support others in creating what's most important to them if you first are not taking care of yourself and making sure that you are energetically, emotionally, physically the best that you could possibly be. And that's one of the hardest things I know that our humanity has been trained to do is to, unfortunately, be so caring and of what other people think, that they stop what is important to them for the, you know, unbeknownst to me, reason to, you know, please other people around them. So take care of yourself first. To thine own self be true. The more you put other people before yourself, the more you are perpetuating, unfortunately, a a sickness in our, our humanity. And if you really want to help people, you have to take care of yourself first, stay true to yourself. And that means first knowing what that means and then live that unconditionally. 
regardless of what your friends say, regardless of what your family says, regardless of what society and you know the expectations that society has on you. For example, for a lot of people, it's typical and it's expected of them to have a job. But for me, I spent years of my life traveling the world, not making very much money. I didn't care. I knew what I had to do. I knew what was most important to me. I knew that this was my calling, my truth, my path. And I didn't even need to try to explain myself to anybody. But I just did what I knew was most important to me. And now I'm able to help people greater than I ever thought possible. Mm. So, so that, <laughs> so that you asked two big questions there. So that's the first answer. The answer, the second answer for the integration aspect, if anybody has ever, you know, sat with ayahuasca, with any other powerful plant medicines, or, you know, like even mushrooms, I know it's a very difficult experience to integrate back into the city life. I know because I was there. I spent almost a year in Peru having, you know, almost ceremony every week and came back to North America, to Vancouver, and was like, I could not deal. I did not know how to handle all the energy around me. I was so sensitive energetically. I could see, feel so much. Everybody's, you know, thoughts, beliefs, pains, negativity of the city. And it's a very important conversation that we focus a lot on at our center because, you know, we as North Americans live a very different life than Peruvians, for example, or people from the Amazon or South America. We have stresses and worries and struggles that, you know, a lot of the healers, for example, down in South America do not fully comprehend. And so we obviously can't be treated the same way. And so we put a lot of energy into teaching people how to integrate back into their lives, their city life, and take the revelations, the epiphanies, the insights that they receive from the medicine and actually ground that into a lifelong way of being. So it's not just, you know, an, a door that opens and shuts, a glimpse of bliss that you soon forget, but it's a permanent shift. And obviously, there's a lot that I can share into that. We have a whole workshop, a whole day workshop at our, at our retreats that are dedicated to this. And it's about giving you the tools so that you can access those states of consciousness without the medicine. And when you lose them, and when you lose that clarity, because you will, you will go back to your life and the stresses of everything around you will weigh you down. And so it's really important to train, to practice. How can you stay in those states of consciousness? And the most important thing that I would answer with right now is a daily practice, whether that's yoga, meditation, or breath work, whether that is anything that brings you to your state of bliss, of joy, of love, of passion, doing that every morning before you start anything with work. Do not touch your phone. Do not go on your computer. Do not think 
as much as you possibly can about work. If that means waking up early, wake up early. If that means going to sleep earlier the night before, go to sleep earlier the night before. But take the time in the morning before doing anything with work, especially before touching technology, that brings you to that centered, grounded state of what you experienced with your ceremony. So cool, dude. Well, I appreciate you big time. And for everyone who's listening who wants to uh, you know, follow up with you, learn more about you, potentially engage in one of these ceremonies, what's the best way that they can take action to do that now? Thank you so much. Well, our website is ayahuascahealings.com, A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A, healings with an S at the end, dot com. And of course, I'll give you a link as well, Jacob, so that you can you know attach it to this. But yeah, that's our site. We are operating on an application-only basis because we have a lot of interest. And you know, if you're interested, check us out. We are just so committed to delivering the most transformational and powerful healing awakening service that has ever been brought to America. And that's why we're willing to, you know, really put ourselves on a line for all of you who are listening to this and all of you who are going to come to our center. And yeah, check us out, read through our site, and we'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you and your wisdom and getting to know you intimately over the last year and a half and excited to continue to mastermind, continue to to grow out in a spiritual and, uh, and perhaps primal manner as well. So thanks for being here, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. And oh yeah, everybody listening, if you come to our site, there's a bar at the top. If you click that red bar and enter your email, that's the best way to stay in the loop with when we open up our application process and how to actually get involved with the retreat. Otherwise, you can just check out our site. So thank you so much, brother. I am so grateful for you, for your entire audience, for everybody listening, and for all of you who feel the call to the inner journey. It's up to all of us to create the new earth together. So thank you, each and every single one of you. Brother, you're epic. (laughs) Right back at you, bro. Uh, Huge appreciation. Thank you so much. Much love. Soul Sibling, thank you so much for rocking with us. I appreciate you and I appreciate that you're using your time and your energy toward making yourself a better person and the world a better place. So if you'd like to keep in touch, I'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast and I'm excited to deepen our relationship to get to know each other better over time and to see how I can help you solve meaningful challenges and create your most fulfilled life. We've got a great community over here and we run retreats all over the world. We've got people who connect with each other and support each other in living the most fulfilled life. And what I'd suggest for your next step is to grab a copy of The 12 Things Happy People Do Differently. It's a scientific-based approach to happiness, and there's a lot of great wisdom out there, but this in particular is researched back from some of the world's leading positive psychologists in the world, and it's super grounded, super practical, how you could do these 12 things that happy people do differently, 
and Rocket. The article's been shared over 100,000 times on Facebook, and there's some magic in there. So in order to grab a copy of that, you can go to thankyoujacob.com. Sounds simple, and it is. Thankyoujacob.com, and uh, grab that immediately, and I will keep in touch through personal emails that I send out couple times a month and all that goodness so for now sending you lots of love keep it real follow your heart but bring your head peace